Good morning, ladies and gentlemen. Welcome to the TR90 Body Burn 30 Support Call. This call happens Monday through Friday at this time, which for me is 6.40 in the morning, Pacific time. Mountain time is 7.40. Texas time is 8.40. Uh, Michigan and East Coast time is 9.30 in the morning. So we're absolutely thrilled to have you along with us. A big shout-out to both Frank Lomas and Brian Curry because both of them helped keep the technical side of these calls going, and I don't know what we would do without either one of those two gentlemen. If you ever miss any of these calls, you can pick them up on Sound, S-O-U-N-D, Cloud, C-L-O-U-D. Put in Frank, F-R-A-N-K, Lomas, L-O-M-A-S, and TR90. These calls will pop up. They're now archived back more than nine years. And the last several months, I want to say about six, seven months, um, we've actually been putting not only the date and the hosting, but also what the topic of the call was. So if you're looking for a specific topic or subject, that will help you sort through it a little bit better. If you get your podcast through a different podcast service or app, again, if you put in Frank Lomas and TO90, or if you put in solutions, the digit for anti-aging, these calls could well pop up as well. Uh, so I suppose he's been seeing them popping up on some of the other apps and services. So um, there's a couple of thoughts there for you. So since this is a support call for the TR90 program, remember when you're first starting out, it's that one really good clean meal a day, two shakes a day, three snacks a day. 30 grams of protein at least three of those meals. If you're a much larger person, then you might want to have a fourth meal that has 30 grams of protein or increase the amount of protein per meal um, for the three meals to make sure you're getting adequate protein. Drinking plenty of water to stay hydrated. The current thinking is at least one ounce of water for every two pounds you weigh. That means that if you weigh 100 pounds, you should be drinking a minimum of 50 ounces of water daily. Uh, very important because the water does clear out toxins, um, does a whole multitude of things, um, keep things in balance, checks and balances in, within your whole body. 30 minutes of moderate to heavy exercise, at least five days a week. If you listen to Frank, you'll hear him say that, you know, he's coming up. Both he and Jennifer are coming up on to about 1,400 days with hashtag no days off. Um, they started with, with started a 30-day challenge, but they're looking to see how far they can continue to do that. So there is that. Um, staying hydrated. If you're exercising heavily or if you're in a very human area, you'll probably need to increase that uh, food intake to more than one ounce for every two pounds you weigh, um, because it is really critical for your system to have enough water game to be functioning appropriately. Seven to nine hours of rest daily is another key component of rest. It's good rest, means you make better choices. Um, not only that, your body does a whole bunch of system results while you're sleeping, and so it is really critical to get really good sleep. If you're not where you need to be for, your, for getting adequate sleep, 
try going to bed 15 minutes earlier than um, you're used to uh, until you get used to that and then bump it up perhaps another 15 minutes until you're at least getting that seven hours of sleep because it really does make a huge difference. Seven plus servings of fruits and vegetables is another key component to this. Um, the fruits and vegetables closer to the source, the more macronutrients, the more micronutrients they have, the more fiber they have, and the better for your system all, all around and for the program overall. And with that being said, I'm always looking for information to share with you that will help support that tier ninety lifestyle. And lately I've been showing some information out of a book that's called Fat Chance, Beating the Odds Against Sugar, Processed Foods, and Obesity and Disease. And it's written by Robert H. Lustig. And Lustig is spelled L-U-S-T-I-G. He's an MD and MFL. And the last couple of days I've actually been sharing with you um, various different diets and why they may or may not work. And so we're going to take a look now at some of the sweeteners and what's good about them and what's not so good about them. So looking at all of these diets, some rely on fat for energy, others rely on carbohydrates for energy, and some use both. Yet they all work to control weight and to improve metabolic health and have been shown to reduce heart disease. What do they all share? Two things. They are all low in sugar, and they are all high in fiber, and therefore high in micronutrients. Realize that that's the point. That's what matters. You now hold the keys to the kingdom. Naturally occurring fructose comes from sugar cane, fruits, some vegetables, and honey. The first three ways have more fiber than fructose. And the last is protected by bees. Nature made sugar hard to get. Man made it easy to get. And that's the measure of truth that the food industry and the U.S. government want to admit. Because if they did, they'd have to scale back and they either can't or they don't want to. That's why the rates of obesity and chronic metabolic disease have skyrocketed wherever the industrial globe diet for the diet has been introduced. A number of people who can stick to any diet is exceedingly small. Recidivism is the watchword of dieting. First there's that temptation, then there's the convenience, then there's lack of access, and then there's boredom. And the cherry on the frappe, as they say, is the negative weight plateau for most dieters, which we can feel real power even further. So, diet sweetness, panacea, or propaganda? This is one of the thorniest issues in nutrition today. On this subject, I am agnostic because the data on which to make a recommendation on which diet sweetener is best or whether the diet sweeteners are a smart, smart alternative at all remain elusive. Diet sweeteners on the surface 
would make perfect sense as an alternative to either sucrose or high fructose corn syrup. They substitute sweetness for calories and remove the offending fructose. The United States has been slowly but surely turning to diet drinks because of the obesity epidemic, and as of 2010, 42% of Coca-Cola sales in the U.S. were of the diet variety. Not so fast. If 33% of all sugar consumption is in drinks, and 42% of the drinks are now diet, someone should be losing weight. Yet there is not one study that shows that substituting diet drinks for sugared ones actually causes weight loss in obese subjects. There are several studies promoted by the sugar industry that demonstrate that consumption of diet drinks correlates with the prevalence of metabolic syndrome. But remember, correlation is not causation. Do diet sweeteners cause metabolic syndrome, or do people with metabolic syndrome consume more diet drinks to swage their guilt from eating? So why don't we know if the substitution of diet sweeteners for sugar actually reduces caloric intake, body fat, and metabolic disease? There are five specific issues that underline our ignorance. The first being, there is a difference between pharmacokinetics and pharmacodynamics, in short, Pharmacokinetics is what your body does to a drug, and pharmacodynamics is what the drug does to your body. They are not the same. Far from it. We all have we have all the information on the pharmacokinetics for all of the diet sweeteners to determine safety, because the FDA demands that it before any treatment is approved for U.S. market. But we have none of the pharmacodynamics. We don't know what any of these diet treatments do to your long-term food intake, weight and body fat, and metabolic status. And the reason we don't have the pharmacodynamics is that the FDA doesn't demand such studies examine only two criteria for a drug or a sweetener to be approved, safety and efficacy. So the food industry doesn't do the studies because such studies are expensive and may have detrimental effects on sales. And the NIH won't do them, saying it's food industry's job, so the studies don't get done. What about the non-absorbed sweeteners? Sugar alcohols such as xylitol and sorbitol aren't absorbed across the intestine, so they're safe, right? Yes, except in high amounts that they cause significant gastrointestinal distress, bloating, and diarrhea. Number two, here's a hypothetical concern. You drink a soda. The tongue tastes either sugar or diet sweetener, it doesn't know which, and sends the sweet signal to the hypothalamus, which says, hey, a sugar load is coming, get ready to metabolize it. The hypothalamus then sends a signal along to the vagus nerve to the, to the pancreas, saying, 
a sugar load is coming, get ready to release extra insulin. If the, the sweet signal is from a diet sweetener, the sugar never comes. What happens next? What does the hypothalamus say? Oh, well, I'll just chill until the next meal. Or does it say, WTF? I'm still all kinds of girls to sugar. I'll go find some. We don't know if the brain compensates for the lack of sugar. That's number two. Number three, the possibility exists that diet sweeteners may change the composition of intestinal bacteria. This may generate inflammation and increase deposit, um, depositization of this fat. Number four, we don't know the way that diet sweeteners may play in sugar addiction. Down regulation of dopamine receptors by sucrose means you have to supply more sugar next time to get the same effect, creating a positive feedback system and driving further intake. The same has been seen with diet sweeteners. So conceivably, diet sweeteners foment the same biochemical dependence which drives further sugar-seeking behavior so even if you don't get sugar in this meal, you'll make sure that you get it at the next one. And number five, the issue of diet sweetness safety is extremely complex. The FDA payline says, if it's approved, it's safe. But is it? Concerns continue to abound about aspartame despite its availability on the market for the past 30 years. Then there's the other side. The sugar industry has loads of reasons for growing the landscape. Any diet sweetener that threatens their dominance generates a no-hage bar test zone. They attack, they've attacked every diet sweetener that has appeared on the market since saccharin. And the next time you and I are together, we will go over how to navigate that food label so that we will have some ways to perhaps combat what was reading on those labels. I'm going to take us all off of mute since I believe we're close to the end of our time for today. This is Susie Mann from Portland, Oregon, signing out January 13th, 2022. Feel free to share any comments or thoughts you have or if you have any ideas of what you would like to hear on upcoming talks. Um, I'm all ears and really encourage you to um, share those ideas. Hey, good morning. This is Kim from uh, Corporate Bay, North Carolina. Thank you for sharing, but I have a really hard time hearing you uh, this morning. It's very uh, awful. I will try to do my best to. It seems to be inconsistent with my earpiece, so I'm hoping that it's not. Um, yeah, I, I had the same problem, so I'm glad somebody yeah. else did. I, I even turned you off and went back on, um, but... Thinking that's it, yeah. And just, just let me know that my sounding muscle today, and part of that might be because of the cold, too, so um, definitely I'm on the tail end of that, so hopefully... And that's how we'll be better. So, anyway, um, 
I am making adjustments as I go to try to make it better. So. Well, so if you want other thoughts to comment, um, tomorrow we have Victoria on, and she's going to give us a meditation to start our weekend off on the right foot. And I wish you all a wonderful day. I'm going to let everyone go so that we can head out on our day. And you have a great day, too. Yeah, thank you for your effort. Maybe let us know the beginning if we can hear you, because you spent a lot of effort to help us. Uh, seems like yes. the speaker is having problems. Yeah, it's maybe double check. It's, I think it's a speaker problem, not you. Like you know, um, I, I have called. I have called my phone one time to check. There's a testing on your speaker on your phone. There's a way to test it under settings. Bye.